0: Okay Good morning and welcome to back chat i 'm Jim Gould, and Ada Wong is our guest presenter. Good morning, Ada Good
1: morning, Jim.
0: on today 's program we 're talking about the government 's happy Hong Kong campaign, which was launched yesterday with the aim of boosting public morale and economic recovery. It starts this Saturday with cut-price movie tickets and will also include large-scale food fairs, gourmet marketplaces, a Sealand summer carnival on the Wan Chai Promenade and all of this over the next few months and some elements even into the start of next year. The West Kowloon Cultural District, Cyberport, Disneyland and Ocean Park will all be involved. The financial secretary Paul Chan estimates that the campaign will cost about $20 million. He told a news conference that he hoped it would help sustain economic growth and employment and give people confidence and a sense of happiness. After 9:45 we'll be hearing about a plan to develop youth urban sports. The Culture, Sports and Tourism Bureau wants to convert an underused space in the Kunchung Municipal Services Building in Jordan into an urban sports centre, aiming to provide more indoor venues for activities uh, such as skateboarding. Let us know what you think about uh, any of this. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3, email us at backchat at rthk.hk or give us a call on 233 266. We'll be uh, talking to uh, several guests this morning on both of our topics, but uh, to kick off with, uh, we're joined on the line by Alan Zeman, who's chairman of the Lan Fong Group. Uh, Alan Zeman, good morning to you. Good morning. Uh, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, so uh, what are your hopes and uh, expectations from this uh, Happy Hong Kong campaign?
2: Well, <laughs> it's a pun, I'm very, very happy. Right. I, I think that uh, basically this government is really trying their best after three and a half years of you know, disappointment for people, hardships, really very difficult times. Uh, this government is really trying to bring happiness back to Hong Kong. And uh, I think... Uh, Having something like this, Happy Hong Kong, although it's uh, basically local, um, but you know, having Cinema Day, uh, food fairs, uh, um, you know, uh, Ocean Park, chill all night events, uh, you know, these are things that uh, people can go for free. Then everybody looking forward to in August, the uh, Harbor Chill in central which uh, it will be shows on the on the harbor with uh, floating first time floating platform stage mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. harbor and so I think that uh this is really uh, something that uh involves the whole community and uh, and any tourist that is coming that will be here at the time but you know the tickets are for all free and uh that's the magic word so people can really get out of the house and and go out and really have something to do hong kong is really gone from being a cultural desert in the past to suddenly uh, we have so many different events, uh, aside from the Happy Hong Kong events, uh, there's been events almost every every other week, and, and that's really, really something that uh, people are really starting to notice, and you know, that tourists coming from overseas, whatever, West Kowloon, all these things, uh, and plus have really uh, enhanced the image of Hong Kong abroad. And we really need the image being enhanced because the reputation is quite bad uh, because of the political war between the U.S. and and, and China. And so I think that uh, Hong Kong really can benefit from everything. And... uh, no i really really am very very pleased with uh what the government is rolling out right now mm-hmm. really looking after the citizens which is something that in the past many many citizens were really unhappy with the governments at previous times because they felt they were being overlooked but this is really it's free so, and, and in mm-hmm. the sphere of everything 20 million right. hong kong dollars is not a lot of money uh, for a government
1: right um alan good morning Morning, yes you 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 mentioned that um you know 20 million dollars is not um a lot of money Uh, it's uh it's a weekend you know there are events here and there and there are food fairs of course these are really happy occasions but um you know if if you look at the long longer term recovery um what more could the government do for example i noticed that uh, m plus is now charging again and you know in particular the younger people are saying well you know uh, why? Why is M Plus charging? And so they they have less sort of interest to go because, um, you know, it takes it needs money. It's, it's about you know the price of like a movie ticket. Yeah. So I, yeah.
2: yeah, Ada, I understand what you're saying, of course. But the problem is to run a facility like M Plus costs a lot of money, and it's taxpayer money at the end of the day. And they're trying to find a way to be self-sustaining, which will never happen within the cultural community it doesn't happen but uh you know I've, i mean i've been involved with m plus from the beginning well with west Kowloon from the beginning i'm still there as the business development uh, chairman and so it 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 really, you know, the numbers are not pretty for the West Kowloon, and uh, I think they're trying their best in order to sustain it a bit. And, and that's, uh, I, I think, why it need, needs to be a balance, of course. Uh, these Happy Hong Kong facilities are, are all free. And so young people, old people, everyone can really get out of their house and go and, and, and experience a good time from end of April, well, till the end of the year, but the, the, the things that they've rolled out are till the end of August. And so I think that, uh, you know, it's it's just a feel good. I don't know many other cities in the world that have done something like this that, that really do. And. Uh, yeah, so so I myself think that it's a really really good thing, and I really congratulate uh, Paul Chan and and his team for really rolling this out.
0: Mm. You, you mentioned some of the highlights uh, just now. What, what do you think about the program of events? I mean, do, 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 it's like well, I think it's something for everybody?
2: You know, I mean, Cinema Day for one day for thirty dollars on Saturday uh, is. It's only one day, but I understand the theaters. Um, you know, there's a different demographics now in theater business all over the world, not just in Hong Kong. Just many people just don't go to movies anymore. They watch it on at home on Netflix or other things. Uh, you know, COVID really <laughs> enforced that. And so, um, you know, that's one thing. But then the food fairs, and it's not just you know, it's uh, not just at the convention center. It's, it'll be in different you know different areas. Uh, uh, in Quintong and in, in Shatin you know so these are things that uh, you know it involves the whole community and then of course ocean park uh, for chill all night five thousand tickets you know for a number of of weekends uh, you know it's it's uh, it'll be fun and it's free and that's that's the good thing and then uh, you know, you've got uh, even sports, uh, Manchester United, Youth uh, League is coming out here to play mm-hmm. an exhibition match, you know, which which is also there's a lot of Manchester United fans out here. And so, uh, you know, that's that's really something. Then, of course, the uh, Harvard Chill carnival uh on the on the harbor i mean it's never been done before and i think we have such a magnificent harbor and um when i'm try to make use of it hopefully the tourism um, <laughs> hktb has a way to uh, make this happen you know it's a, an experiment that they've never done before and so uh i think that uh you know uh, it's you know using a lot of places across Hong Kong, as you mentioned before, it's Ocean Park, it's Disney, it's uh, Hong Kong Science Park. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, these are facilities of Cyberport. You know, every, everybody is chipping in because everybody <laughs> really wants to bring Hong Kong back again and make Hong Kong citizens uh, have a, a feel good. Uh, feel if if, if, if uh, citizens are happy, brings confidence back. Confidence then brings prosperity and then Prosperity brings a good economy people spend money again, you know, and so I think I think that that's something that the government had in mind to uh, To roll out uh, and really try to get spending up again, and of course now with the border opened uh, We expect a lot of tourists coming, you know, they're expecting something like 600,000 Tourists coming for a golden week, you know early May May 5th starting the Saturday And so that will bring a lot of income back and a lot of jobs with jobs Uh, you know there is a shortage of labor right now in every industry but uh, uh, you know I really think I really think this government's really doing whatever they can. I mean, John Lee going to um, the Greater Bay Area with all the legislators and executive members, um, really, and seeing how far advanced the, the cities in the Greater Bay Area are as far as technology and other things, I think it's, it's a good learning curve. And I think it's uh, some, some place that Hong Kong needs to go in order to be, you know, call herself Asia's world city, to get that moniker back and get the confidence for people around the world. World. You know, these events, when people come here, I say seeing is believing. The more people that come here, the more people that see how Hong Kong is not what the media is feeding them abroad, you know, about Hong Kong. Um, and then, you know, you even have many, many people who left Hong Kong. I've... Are coming back again, moving their families back again because they say Hong Kong is really back, back strong, yeah. and so you know. So I think I think these are things that uh, really uh, the government is trying their best to really make the make Hong Kong great
0: again. Okay, Alan, well, uh, stay with us. So we're now joined also by Howie Wong, who's vice chairman of the Hong Kong Federation of Restaurants and Related Trades, uh, and also chairman of the Youth Committee of the Chinese Manufacturers Association. Uh, Good morning to you. Hi, good morning. Thanks very much for joining us. Um, So we've just been talking about uh, some of the various events that are planned for this uh, Happy Hong Kong campaign. What do you think is likely to appeal uh, mostly to young people, talking about young people?
3: Um, well, definitely, I think with the food fairs, uh, actually, I was with Mr. Zeman uh, at the Thai Select uh, launch in Lan Kwai Fong on the weekend, and you could really see, uh, you know, the energy of, uh, you know, uh, people of all ages, especially the youth, uh, in, you know, par- participating in these food fairs. Um, with the rollout of the different food fairs in the different communities in Hong Kong, I think it also uh, is definitely a way to, you know, well, number one in terms of the food and beverage industry, uh, bring different types of food to uh, different regions or different districts of Hong Kong. And This will also you know, uh, create you know, more participation within the youth and in you know, people of other ages as well
0: and i think they're also going to be encouraged to try a bit of uh, entrepreneurism as well like you know setting up their own stalls and that kind of thing uh,
3: correct yeah. and i think this is a great way to um, you know have uh, the youth you know, really start their own business i mean in hong kong a lot of people uh, are you know entrepreneurs by by their dna right so uh, for you know having a food fair to allow for the youth to really um, you know start a business uh, or test market their business is a great way to uh, you know give them this opportunity
1: right um howie do you see that um this kind of food fair is not just a one-off but probably you know with um a few more experiments and prototyping you know as in you know all startups um we will have food fairs um like every weekend because if it is one off then the young person you know you know who has tried it once or twice uh, might really want to do it again on a regular basis.
3: Um, well, you know I, I see that you know not only uh, the government is initiating this, but you, I think you will also see a lot of uh, other entities. Um, for example, I've seen you know a lot of uh, weekend markets, farmers' markets um, uh, over you know the last few years that have come about. For example, at D two Place. Um, And other food fairs, uh, for example, uh, every year the the Chinese Manufacturers Association also hosts the uh, Products Expo at the end of the year as well. So I think food fairs is definitely a way to bring people out, enjoy, um, you know, especially uh, I think with the, uh, this weekend um, uh, there will also be a be the uh, the one day movie day um, but it's also a way to you know bring the concept of you know coming out having some food uh, getting a movie and then maybe drinks after and you know that's what Hong Kong has always been about hmm
0: um alan zeman um you mentioned earlier the golden week holiday coming up um so we're expecting a lot of uh, uh, mainland tourists uh, into town obviously this happy hong kong is it's it's geared mostly towards uh, locals, locals primarily uh, there's the hello hong kong campaign which is uh, mostly for tourists but uh, um are you expecting that um uh Next week's going to be a good week. I heard you earlier on Hong Kong Today actually saying that you, you, you like the mainlanders. There's a, lot, there's a lot of big spenders as well among them. So.
2: They're actually the best. You yeah. know, I, I said since uh, February, February, March, April, uh, uh, things have been, you know, the figures actually including January, the figures have been, uh, well, well above pre-COVID days. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and basically, uh, there's been just an influx of, at, at nighttime of mainlanders uh, coming to Lang Fong and uh, spending big, big money, you know, uh, unlimited budgets. And I guess, I don't know if it's re- revenge spending or uh, they've saved up because last three years, they couldn't, they had money in the bank, put money in the bank, they couldn't do anything with COVID. Uh, but no, in general, I do feel that uh, Lang Fong is a real brand right now as how it said that we 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 had um the thai consul had approached us uh in, in, in with, with this hello hong kong uh to host uh Songkran festival the thai new year in uh lang fong last saturday and, mm-hmm. and it was we had something like by the end of the day close to a hundred thousand people uh who had come and enjoyed themselves and uh you know there's a lot of booths set up uh, very similar to what is going on right now with Thai food and and Thai products and and uh, I think that uh, people just it's so so after the three and a half years it's such a great feeling to uh, see people coming out in the streets again and really really yeah. having a good time and enjoying themselves and uh, know rowdy people you know it was it was, it was great you know in, in the in the past uh, hong kong was about politics and you know filibustering and all that but uh we're back on track and i think uh, the train is back on the track and and uh with this government things are really moving forward and again it's about making the citizens happy which is what we need and if they're happy, those they'll be spending along with a mix of tourists, and we're really lucky mm, to have right. the Chinese on the you know right across the border uh, to really come. To, you know, it's 1.4 billion people. Even if a few percent come to Hong Kong, it's a lot of people, and it's, it helps all those people in business. It really helps the economy.
1: So we are on the road of uh, recovery. You know, I can I can see it uh, with a lot of traffic, with a lot of people in restaurants, and. Um, uh, unemployment is very low now in Hong Kong, uh, so what more can we do? What more can the government do to do, um, Well, well to I think do, one of the biggest know, problems,
2: yeah. Ada, is, is uh, the, uh, there's not enough uh, workforce. Uh, work there's not enough people in Hong Kong. Every industry in Hong Kong is short of staff, and uh, that's even in the catering industry. That's a huge, huge problem. The, construction in the industry, the in financial industry, everything. And I think that it's really, really important that uh, the government looks at slowly importing workers from, from abroad, from China, actually, um, who can really help to... Uh, you know, to to strengthen Hong Kong and strengthen the labor force because people, you know, some people feel bad or working crazy hours just because there's just not enough staff, and uh, in order to keep the businesses going, and every single, whether well, it's SME, every single uh, company is suffering from that, and so we we need to really. Uh, step up that and start to import some labor. Um, And I say the more event, and, and the other thing is the more events we do, you know, it, you know, it, you know uh, we had uh, Art Basel, which was a huge success in the first day. They sold 50 percent of all the all the artwork that was brought here. It never happened before. The jewelry show had 2,600 exhibitors and people from 60 countries coming here. They did it last year in, in Singapore because of our coed restrictions, and it was terrible. They all came back to Hong Kong again, and it was a record uh, show for them. So, you know, and I say seeing is believing because the more tourists that come here the more events we have um that brings more t- people business people tourists and then they go back home and they t- say well you know don't believe hong kong i, I get calls all the time oh why, why are you student hong kong it's so bad and this and that but i tell them come over and see for yourself i've had so many people come up to me uh who have said wow hong kong is really back from overseas who i know and and so these are things, you know. It's going to be a process, but the more events we can do, uh, and and really now with the cultural events, you know, the uh, Yo-Yo uh, Kasima uh, event that was at m plus you know it was a huge success i mean the palace museum is great you know so we we have these facilities now which we never had in the past in the past we only had the cultural center you know and, and which was uh, something from the 1950s you know and so i think i think that uh, hong kong is back on the world stage and you know cultural tourism is, a, is another very very important aspect you know cities like new york uh, Rome, Paris, you know, London, you know that they do a big number on 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 cultural tourism, and, and so I think that and that really enhances the the youth, enhances the public. I think the Greater Bay Area will also be a great boost for Hong Kong as well. Where, you know, when that really gets going, and so you talk about eighty six million people an hour and a half away by high speed rail. You know, so I think I think uh, you know that that really really uh, i see bright bright days ahead for hong kong
0: okay okay i mean cultural events are going to be a big part of the uh, campaign uh, H- H- howie wong i mean uh, are you confident that this is going to like lift public confidence and, and the public mood and uh, you know help to you know sustain economic recovery
3: um yeah i, I definitely agree with alan um <clears throat> especially with more international uh, cultural arts and especially entertainment events that, that are being brought to hong kong uh you can see a lot of the uh concerts now, they're, you know, fully packed every every time that there are concerts. And this uh you know, it's not only of uh, you know, youth in Hong Kong, but a lot of people are flying over just to attend these concerts. And, you know, to fly over to attend means they're uh, you know, staying in hotels, they're, you know, uh eating out, they're, you know, spending money in you know, all different places in Hong Kong. And this really provides uh, you know, a high energy in Hong Kong and you know, it it's a really good feeling to see this come back again.
1: Right, and and yeah, Howie, what, what does the restaurant sector look like um, recently? Uh, we, I know we had a quiet Easter, but are things picking up?
3: Oh yes, um, definitely. In in terms of, uh, I think after the Easter break, which you know a lot of people were you know out of Hong Kong for for some vacation, but you know things are starting to pick up. Uh, you see a lot of the restaurants now. Are requiring earlier bookings because you know it's it's you know it's quite full especially on weekends even the Chinese restaurants are picking up as well because you know a lot more of the families you know are coming out in larger groups and you know usually in Chinese restaurants you eat in no tables of you know 10 to 12 people and especially in you know the different associations or you know business trade as well Uh, It's bringing a lot of uh, business um, uh, dinners as well, and this is very important for um, the uh, F&B
0: industry. Okay. Let's just say thank you to uh, Alan Zeman, uh, chairman of Langkwai Fong Group, because uh, 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 I know you, you had to go. Um, uh, thanks to Alan. Um, Howie Wong is uh, still with us. Of course, um, we've got the latest round of consumption vouchers as well. I and mean, uh, is that going to sort of help? Is that, is, do you see that kind of tying in with the new campaign at all to, uh, you know, to help to keep things going?
3: Um I you know definitely I think uh, the new consumption vouchers uh, does help the food industry. Um I think over the last few years uh, with the with the con- uh with the consumption voucher scheme um a lot of people have been maybe purchasing uh, you know different types of stuff like um uh, electronics or maybe you know using the vouchers for uh, vacations. But um I think now with the timing of the vouchers as well um it's it's more of the local spending on you know uh, especially with the uh, SMB, and b so we hope that the this time the consumption vouchers will bring uh you know a lot more business to the SMB and b sector as well
1: right um and and i i also want to focus on uh, um, you know more longer term things what what do you think the government could do more uh, to boost for example you know the opportunity for young entrepreneurs uh, to to do things, um, let's say, you know, like opening restaurants and um, things like that?
3: Uh, well, one thing that, uh, for example, um, uh, from our youth committee, which is uh, the Chinese Manufacturers Association and also the uh, the Hong Kong Port, which is the F&B Association, we are also, you know, uh, communicating more with the youth, um, you know, trying to give them um, maybe some opportunities to experience the, you know, F&B or different manufacturing type industries to be involved in the food or, you know, different types of businesses. And, um, you know, recently we had also done an exchange to um, to the mainland uh, to visit the Greater Bay Area to, you know, learn from, you know, uh, what's also being done in mainland and we hope to bring some of these ideas back to hong kong and hopefully inspire the youth in hong kong to be uh, you know more proactive and and create more opportunities uh, to to build you know their own business one day
0: OK, uh, thanks. Uh, we're going to take a, a short break uh, in just a moment for a news summary and, if, and a couple of uh, government announcements. Uh, we'll continue our discussion uh, in a few minutes. Um, OK, uh, a quick announcement here from the Transport Department. It says, uh, uh, owing to uh, traffic accidents, uh, all lanes of the Slip Road leading from uh, the Western Harbour crossing central bound to Connaught Road west central bound are closed to all traffic Um, Quick look uh, at the weather, Uh, mainly cloudy with a few showers, uh, visibility low in some areas. The outlook, uh, mainly cloudy with one or two showers in the middle and latter parts of the week. Slightly cooler tomorrow. It's currently 23 degrees, humidity 90%.
2: New
0: summary with Todd Harding. Lan Kwai Fong Group Chairman Alan Zeman has welcomed the launch of the government's Happy Hong Kong campaign. Mr Zeman told RTHK the campaign was very bold and disagreed that more consumption vouchers was a better approach, saying Hong Kong was an event's capital and that the campaign would boost the city's reputation. A paediatrician has urged the government to provide a subsidy for people aged 15 and above to get pneumococcus vaccines vaccines so the city has better protection against the bacterial infection. Mike Kwan, honorary clinical associate professor at the University of Hong Kong, said such infections were expected to rise, especially among the young and the old. And the United Nations says India is expected to overtake China as the world's most populous country this week. The UN's Department of Economic and Social Affairs said India would have nearly 1.426 billion people by Saturday. China's population reached that level last year and is now falling. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock.
2: I am Donnie Yen, contactless e-channels. The fusion of technology with quality service. Download the contactless e-channel mobile app and complete the enrollment through I am Smart. Generate the QR code to enter an e-channel. Face the camera and perform facial verification. Immigration clearance is swift, contactless, and more hygienic. Fingerprint verification can still be used. Contactless e-channels leading a new way to the future.
1: I'm Dr. Edmund Seniors, the COVID-19 virus still exists in the community. As the elderly are at higher risk, for the sake of your health, don't take it lightly. Scientific data shows that those with stable health can receive COVID-19 vaccines. Take your elderly relatives to get the jab at community vaccination centres, designated general outpatient clinics, elderly health centres, private clinics, or hospital COVID-19 vaccination stations. You're listening to Backchat. Call us on 23388 266 and have your say.
0: And welcome back to Backchat uh, with Ada Wong and me, Jim Gould. And uh, this morning we're talking in our main uh, section. Our main topic, we're talking about the new uh, Happy Hong Kong campaign, which was uh, launched yesterday with a a news conference by the financial secretary, Paul Chan. Just a reminder, uh, it involves uh, a number of uh, elements, uh, uh, cheap Cinema tickets uh, this Saturday, $30 if you want to go and watch a movie. Um, There will also be uh, a number of events taking place over the next few months. Large-scale food fairs, gourmet uh, marketplaces, a carnival by the Wan Chai Promenade, all happening over the next few months, and a number of other things. West Kowloon Cultural District, Cyberport, Disneyland, Ocean Park will all be involved. Um, We're joined now on the line... By J.R. Robertson, who's uh, founder of the El Grande Group of Bars and Restaurants, which includes uh, Grappers and Inside Out. Uh, J.R., good morning.
4: Yeah, good morning, Jim. Th- good morning.
0: Th- th- thanks very much uh, for joining us. Uh, still with us, of course, is as well as uh, Howie Wong, Vice Chairman of the Hong Kong Federation of Restaurants and Related Trades. So um, this uh, Happy Hong Kong campaign, I mean, the idea is obviously to uh, improve the public mood and to sort of uh, keep going with uh, economic recovery. Um, wh- what do you think about it? Uh, do, you, do you think well, it's going I'm kind you know? of uh,
4: a, a little bit cool on it and I'm also a bit warm on it. So, I mean, I think that... the Conceptually, it's kind of a fun idea, as Ada kind of implied a, a few questions back. That uh, it's a bit one-offish, and uh, will there be a lingering uh, impact for us? Uh, that I'm not so sure about. And um, there was a song back in the '80s from a, a movie called Cocktail. It was uh, Bobby McFerrin. It was "Don't Worry, Be Happy," yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of the song. That's kind of what we're singing here: is "Don't Worry, Be Happy." Uh, but I do agree, after this long, dark um, period of the COVID and, and the demonstrations and what have been in the past, um, there is a fresh sunlight coming out. And it's, it's a good idea, and I think it's something that we should try to do. I'm not so sure that government impl- implementation is going to be all that uh, creative and successful i did understand i heard heard you say that the jockey club and the disney and, and and whatever uh are going to be Ocean participating yeah. and universities are participating and people so maybe if those people get involved it'd be better i mean i think that when you had some of the festivities that we've had in the past before the the, the shutdown we'll call it uh wine and dine which was great and we had beer festivals and we had a leng Kwai festival and I recall some years ago that uh, the Italian Chamber of Commerce arranged for something like 20 Michelin-star Italian chefs to come to Hong Kong. And each one was assigned to a different restaurant, and each restaurant had to pay a bit of money. But it was something exciting, and that was going to bring more tourists. Uh, I do think that this is very much – well, when when they had the Hello Hong Kong, I thought that was looked like junior high school performance. I wasn't very impressed with that, and that's what worries me about and what they may be undertaking here, um, I know our group was asked to uh, participate somewhere along the line. I don't remember the details, and they were talking about the problem is to go outside and set up a booth and try to have uh, delicacies and food fair and whatever. We don't have any staff; we we can't man the thing, so uh, that's a real challenge. And uh, they're talking about the tourists coming back, and they are, we need the tourists coming into Hong Kong, even mainland tourists. But of course, we've gone backwards now. I see. They're um, taking them around they take them around to these uh, Chinese restaurants where they get uh, two dishes and mm. a scoop full of rice, and they're sitting out in the street eating it. And it costs uh, $30 to the general public, and I guess if the group tour goes in, then they probably get a 10% discount. That's not the kind of tourist, or the kind of money that we're we're looking for. But, uh, I mean, you go down to Causeway Bay at Percival Street, there's still a dozen shops that are shuttered right there in the, the heart of the tourist district. So we've got a long ways to go. And mm-hmm. I thought uh, Mr. Zeman was spot on when he was suggesting that we probably need some help on labor. Every single industry, and I know every single catering operator that I ever talked to, Everybody is short of about 15% of staff, and they're just struggling, and there's nobody to hire. We had a big fallout, and a lot of people left after uh, during the COVID, particularly maybe uh, other Asian countries, people that had work permits and were working in Hong Kong, and they gave up and left because it was too tough. So I think we got a long ways to go, and I think there should be more... um, commercial involvement and, and get more professional people involved in in some of the ideas that they're putting forward i don't think it's all bad uh, yeah let's you know let's not worry let's be happy is is not totally bad and uh i don't know about the public vouchers and they're talking about events and i don't know what they mean by pop culture and sports mm-hmm. and music but i know what the sports i understand and uh, music and on the street I mean, we've always been such a conservative society. Uh, The occasional tourist comes from Europe or America or Australia, and they're sitting on a footbridge or whatever it is busking. Can the police come along and run them off? I think we should have more buskers. I I think there should be more fun in in our culture as opposed to everybody abiding by uh, very strict and conservative rules. So uh, this may be a step forward to... uh, Open things up a bit, but again, it's kind of a one-off uh, between now and the summertime. And I think that uh, there could be more of this on a, a bigger basis going forward. And twenty million Hong Kong, yeah, that's kind of a cheap. That's not that much money. Uh, we we could probably do more. That's my thought. Oh,
0: oh okay, okay, thanks. Well, let, let's ask uh, uh, howie Wong because it is a related issue, and this has been raised a lot: the the labor shortage in the catering industry. What what do you think is the solution to that?
3: Um, Well, number one, I I totally agree with uh, Ms. Robertson. Um, You know, in the whole catering industry, there's a a, a large shortage of of labor staff. So, um, you know, we've also been, you know, discussing with the government to, you know, have uh, if we could have, you know, overseas um, uh, laborers come to Hong Kong, uh, whether it be from mainland China or from, you know, other regions around the world, which, uh, you know, could definitely support this uh, shortage of labor in Hong Kong. Um, you know, one thing that, you know, we, we definitely are happy to see is, you know, a lot of customers coming to Hong Kong. But we also want to be able to provide, you know, a high standard of service of people coming to Hong Kong and really experience Hong Kong in, in the proper way. And, you know, we are you know, concerned about, you know, if we can provide this you know, high level of service that Hong Kong has always been known for uh, in the long term if we're not able to have enough
5: staff.
1: Right. Um, I understand that uh, we do have uh, a lot of working population uh, without full-time jobs. Uh, For example, you know, uh, they are the the mothers in our society, but, um, you know, they can only do part-time jobs. And um, I heard that even Macau has a high rate of uh, engaging women in employment. Uh, Do you think the government could do more or, you know, can the catering um, industry sort of absorb some of these manpower, but only on a part-time basis?
3: Um, well we, we already are absorbing a lot of people under a part time basis. Um, and I mean it's it, to be in the F and b industry, especially um in the kitchen or the frontline staff, um, it's not an easy job. Um you know, a lot of the times uh with part time staff right now, uh, especially for example banquets, uh the part time wage is maybe, you know, a hundred to hundred and fifty dollars per hour, which is, you know, really uh, um you know, a big you know, big pressure mm. for the uh for the operator as well. So it's not about, um, you know, where we're looking, you know, for uh, staff. I mean, we we are offering, uh, you know, wages that are, you know, very high because we hope to, you know, just have, uh, you know, people that can join the industry and can provide service, and then we can train them up to have, you know, better service in the different uh, restaurants. So right now, uh, what we do need is just more people.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, A comment here from a a listener, Henry, on our Facebook says, uh, uh, "Food and cinema are good medium to stimulate people to spend and make Hong Kong more lively after the three-year COVID and riot years." I'm surprised that the government has not made bolder plans. Why not have another sports for all day? or days where government sports facilities are free on those days? Why not organise a cycling event, a tennis match? Why not have a fencing demonstration by our Olympic uh, champions? Why not have the the various uh, Kung Fu martial arts schools uh, hold demonstrations of various martial arts? The events announced so far showed no out-of-the-box thinking and not in, and are not innovative enough. uh, uh let, Let's ask, uh, well, uh, JR, what's your what's your view on that? I mean, I know you run a, a restaurant group, but do you think uh, do you think you know this, the, the campaign could have benefited from from more sports events, for instance?
4: Well, I, I think that all of that, sport events, and uh, whether it's marathon races or bike races or amateur things, you no, know, I think there's a lot of activities that. Uh, in, in other cities, and, and Mr. Zeman mentioned in other cities that this and that, well, I don't know that they spend the money and they have a campaign like that, but you've got, uh, uh, 50 mile hikes years ago in California, you've got uh, uh, lots of uh, different, not marathon events, but you know, small marathons, activities like, uh, that, that people will come to. That, uh, Will engage and the the general public will get engaged. I mean, to do the Macklehose Trail is something I always uh, dreamed of, and I do a lot, they used to do a lot of hiking, but it was not something I was ever going to be fit for. But there could be a lot of activities that are along those kinds of lines, and uh, cycling, bicycling in the new territories, there's lots of different things that could be done. Uh, I just think that. We've been on a very restrictive basis for a long time, and uh, we're worried about the people sitting outside and you know, dining for, in a restaurant. Uh, the OSA uh, licenses are hard to get. and yet You go to London or Paris, and all summer long, everybody's sitting out in the street dining and, and having a good time. We have so many restrictions like that that it, it just it, it takes a lot of the fun out of it or the air mm. out of the balloon for the party. So I think so, there's so a lot yeah, more how, thinking and how, creative activity that could become become part of our society.
1: Yeah, so uh, instead of more one-off events, um, J.R., um, could governments government think about, um, you know, taking away complex uh, regulations and inflexible ones as well, like um, enabling more alfresco dining and other stuff? Do you have any creative ideas on that?
4: <laughs> alfresco dining, yeah. I mean... Uh, the vast number of applications are withdrawn. It's a very small uh, amount of applications that are ever approved, and takes more than a year to get it done. I mean, why does it take a year to get an application done so that you can have seating in a restricted area out in front of your premise? I mean, it's just crazy. And, and even if the building is uh, the building owns the property in front, you're still waiting for these guys to process and get the uh, the application for having outs- outdoor seating. I mean, it's it, it just comes back to a lot of bureaucracy and nobody's really Everybody's doesn't want to make a tough decision they don't want to make a progressive decision it's easy to just sit back and keep things the way they are okay. you know, I just think that there's so much more that could be done on, on many fronts I mean they cancel uh, uh, in days gone by whether it's a cross harbor uh, swim mm. or whether it's uh, uh the trail walker because uh, <laughs> the people are going to get the, the COVID when they're doing the trail walk I mean these things are and the beaches were closed and the barbecue pits are closed for a long, long time. Those were the last things to open. We had live music was not allowed for one year. I mean, you got people coming to the restaurant. You got people working in the restaurant, people taking their masks off. They're eating and dining, and yet you can't have somebody stand on the stage. Somebody, there's no progressive thinking about what the public really wants. The public are not being represented in decisions made by the
0: mm. government mm. okay well just uh, we're almost out of time for this topic just a final point for both of you uh, uh as has been mentioned we've got the golden week holiday coming up uh, next week uh, uh, you expecting a good week for the uh, restaurant trade jr uh
4: well i, I i'm in the western uh, restaurant trade so mm. i'm kind of fearful there won't be a lot coming for us right. um but i see the hotels are uh, Heavily booked and uh, raising their prices like crazy to make up for some lost uh, revenue, mm-hmm. and I think the the local uh, Asian restaurants and particularly Chinese restaurants will do very well. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't see a lot of coming to our, our Italian restaurant or our Cadillac restaurant or whatever. But uh, well, we'll see. Let's see. Let's see how it all breaks out. Easter was very disappointing in the Western restaurant trade. Mm-hmm. A lot of people left town, mm-hmm. and our Easter week and a half there was very poor sales, but uh, this past weekend let me be a little positive this past weekend was uh, considerably uh, better so okay. maybe there's light at the end of the tunnel
0: okay uh, h- how Wong. won
3: yeah um well for the chinese uh, restaurant industry i think it, it will be you know a big plus um uh, especially also in the casual dining uh, you'll see you know a lot of you know other than people uh, coming from mainland and tours they will be you know coming uh, by themselves to Hong Kong and you know really searching uh, you know online or uh, you know listening to the KOL to see you know where it's good to dine you know hopefully we can see a you know a, a big improvement in the whole industry but uh, you know I, I agree with JR as well I think mostly casual dining and um, the uh, Chinese uh, uh, restaurant industry may benefit more from this year's uh, uh, labor holiday.
0: Okay. All right. Well, thanks very much uh, to both of you. Uh, Howie Wong there, Vice Chairman of the Hong Kong Federation of Restaurants and Related Trades, uh, and also Chairman of the Youth Committee of the Chinese Manufacturers Association. And thanks very much to J.R. Robertson, founder of the El Grande group of bars and restaurants, which include uh, uh, Grappers, Cadillac, and Inside Out. Um, We're going to turn our attention to our second topic in just a moment, but first of all, uh, a quick uh, announcement uh, from the Transport Department. Um, Owing to a traffic accident, all lanes of the Slip Road leading from the Western Harbour Crossing to Connaught Road West, central bound are closed to all traffic. Uh, Commuters may consider taking the MTR, uh, the traffic crew, queue on the Western Harbour Crossing central bound uh, uh, ends at West Kowloon Highway near Hoi Lai Estate. Motorists are advised to use alternative routes. 95
1: years of public service broadcasting. Stay tuned with Hong Kong. Hello Hong Kong. I'm John
5: Lee, your chief executive. This new year is our time. Time for Hong Kong to break fresh ground and scale new heights we can count on our team of professionals to keep us abreast of all that's happening in hong kong in the country and around the world working together we will build a brighter tomorrow for hong kong in this new era on this new journey 95 years
0: of public service broadcasting 95
1: stay years. tuned stay tuned with hong kong
0: And now we're going to talk a bit about uh, a plan to further develop youth urban sports. Um, The Culture, Sports and Tourism Bureau is uh, uh, looking at converting uh, a space in a municipal services building in Jordan into an urban sports centre. Uh, with the aim of providing uh, more uh, venues for activities such as skateboarding. And we're joined uh, now on the line by Warren Stewart, who's uh, head of the Skateboarding Subcommittee of the Hong Kong Federation of Roller Sports. Uh, Warren Stewart, good morning. Thanks for joining us.
5: Hello. Good morning.
0: Thanks for having me. Yeah. So uh, this sounds like uh, quite uh, quite an important development. Um, um, I, I, how do you feel about it? Is this going to be like a, you know a big help to uh, um, you know developing indoor sports?
5: Well, not just indoor sports, but definitely it's a big development. Uh, the government has been doing a lot um, in the past, I'd say, ten years, uh, building uh, many of these uh, what we call skate parks, extreme mm. sports mm. venues. So in total we have about five um, large extreme parks, we call them skate parks, and then we have about eight smaller ones. But um, having this indoor space in the center of the city would just be a boost to the whole movement because uh, it's indoors, uh, you can skate it, uh, rain or shine, Uh, uh, the plan is to install certain obstacles. Uh, that's conducive for learning, especially for younger kids. Uh, there's something called a foam pit. Uh, in a lot of skate parks or uh, skate camps around the world, they have these little pits filled with uh, bits of foam. Uh, you'll find it in some trampoline parks, even in Hong Kong. And uh, this is where like, young users can actually learn how to do the flips and the somersaults and the spins uh, without getting hurt. So that's what's lacking in the public parks that we have right now. But an indoor facility with, you know, fine-tuned special equipment would just uh, help to develop, you know, skills that uh, we're now lacking
1: Right. Uh, um, I wonder what kind of space do you need for an indoor skateboard facility? Uh, knowing the Kunchung Municipal Services Building, which uh, used to be like a wet market, I can't really imagine it turning into such a facility because I guess the ceiling height is, is not going to be very high. Would that be an yeah. obstacle? Yes. Yeah.
5: So I, I agree with you. That was my first thought when uh, when I was approached by the LCSC. But uh, when we actually uh, looked, at Kwun Chung, uh, the ground floor and the first floor level, which are the two levels that they're planning to convert, actually have about seven meters uh, ceiling height. So if we were just to do a simple skate park, that's more than adequate, you know, space to you know to do a skate park. Uh, in Hong Kong, in the private sector, there are several indoor skate park facilities with just your standard ceiling height, maybe about two or three meters, and that's enough for like beginner level or uh, technical street skateboarding, which just involves sort of like skating on ledges and rails and stuff like that. But uh, if you have seven meters, it's possible to do like transitions, mini bowls and ramps. uh, And that's well, well adequate for a training facility. It's totally possible.
1: Right. Um, uh, another question is, I'm definitely not a skateboarder, but I, you know, <laughs> when I walk to the Wan Chai Promenade, I do see a lot of uh, people uh, having fun there. And I thought that, um, I guess, young people who, who like to do skateboard would prefer like an outdoor venue. And the Wan Chai Promenade is beautiful for that.
5: I, uh, I agree. I agree. It's a, in, inherently a, a skateboarding route, I think. You know, street skateboarding. Modern skateboarding actually came from the need, uh, to skate everywhere because like going back, uh, in time in the eighties when skate parks were closing around the world, skateboarders sort of, uh, moved to the streets and they, uh, and they developed this whole new discipline that we know today as street skateboarding. So that's our one chai promenade it has a lot of small ledges and rails and, and, and flat surfaces for, for, for skaters. And th- that's the most attractive thing with street skateboarders. Now, to answer your question about outdoors, Hong Kong's raining all the time. So when it rains, pretty much you can't skate. So there is a need for an indoor, like a covered place. So um, the government is developing some venues that are indoors. And currently there are some private venues that are indoors. So, yes, there is a need for an indoor venue.
0: Mm. Uh, And What about the popularity of skateboarding? I I understand that uh, younger uh, children are taking it up.
5: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, ever since the you know, lead up to the Olympics, uh, and especially after the 2020 games in Tokyo, uh, there has been a huge shift in the demographic of, you know, uh, skateboarders. There's now a larger percentage of new uh, skateboarders that are between the age of maybe, you know, three to five years old to teenage years, a lot of young ones. Now in Hong Kong, we see a lot of primary school. Uh, kids getting into it, so I think that's the bulk of the new uh, new skaters that we have right now. So um, we have to have facilities that you know sort of fine tune for these for this age group.
0: Well, I, I, I'm I'm like Ada. I'm not a skateboarder either. But uh, <laughs> what's, what 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 is the appeal of it to, to younger people?
5: Well, uh, you know uh, the appeal of skateboarding. I think you know. For myself, I believe it's the same for a lot of kids. It's just that cool factor, that's number one. Mm. And then second, it's a, uh, it's a sense of accomplishment because, you know, for kids, when they ride on the board and they they see, like, their peers or other older skaters doing mo- uh, maneuvers or tricks, they want to emulate that. They want to try and achieve that. And just like any sport, it's, it, it, you have to put a lot of effort, uh, trial and error, and I think for kids, that fun factor... And that sense of accomplishment in, 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 the, in doing a trick is the biggest uh, factor driving interest of skateboarding. Mm.
1: Right. Um, and how about the danger of this sport? Uh, again, you know, it was at the Wan Chai Promenade, I saw a young, youngster, I guess he must be like 11, 12. So he was trying a few moves and then he fell really badly. Well, yes, there is
5: with all sport, there is danger. I can share with you a very interesting story when I was growing up. Uh, my My family, uh, my, my, especially my mom, dad, you know it, you know they, they would they would freak out when I go skateboarding, because they would see videos of us jumping downstairs, sliding down handrails, and they would say, "Oh my God, you're doing something so dangerous." But yeah, you know, we fall, I get bruises, I get cut. but on contrast. When my when my cousins come back from rugby, they come back with a broken tooth, bruised eye, you know, cuts on their shins, and that's totally accepted and normal, because you know, rugby is a rugby or football, a traditional sport so ingrained in our culture that getting hurt in other sports is fine, but it's it's just that that kind of uh, I'd say that stereotype that skateboarding extreme sports is very dangerous and which is not, mm. and as you can see. Uh, it took decades really for it to sort of like change. But unfortunately, uh, that sort of stigma, that, 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 that perception of uh, skateboarding and extreme sports being very dangerous trickles through even to, uh, policies that we have in Hong Kong. Like, for example, in the Hong Kong skate parks, LCSC did a great job with all the skate parks, as I mentioned. But because of this, this misconception, this perception that it's so dangerous, uh, there is a minimum age. Limit in all the Hong Kong skate parks. Uh, officially, you have to be eight years old to even enter a skate park, right? But you know, uh, our peers around Southeast Asia are starting as young as three or four years old. Uh, and then we have all these beautiful bowls, competition bowls that are about three meters deep. Now, what's the difference between a deep bowl and a regular bowl? A deeper bowl actually has a, a, a small one-foot vertical wall which allows the rider to sort of do aerial tricks. Now, uh, the LCSC and their policy of safety, they believe that a deep bowl is akin to a diving, a high diving sort of uh, pool. So it's completely blocked off and, and, and uh, off limits for users. Um, this has led to no one in Hong Kong being able to sort of ride the big bowls properly because if they need to ride the big bowl they need to apply and get a coach to stand there and watch them do it. Well, we are unique in right. the world well, Warren, and, and,
1: you yeah. know, in, in this new idea mm. of an indoor skateboard park in yes. the Chung building, I, I guess the similar, you know, uh, cautions and safety measures would be imposed because it will be LCSD operated. Is, yeah, is, yeah. is that going to be correct? It will be.
5: Correct. All right. But we're, we're also efforting to try and change so, those rules. Yeah, there will those still be rules. no deep yeah. bows, yeah. right? There won't be deep bows in Kunshung, but it will be more, because remember, skateboarding has two disciplines. One is street skateboarding and one is park skateboarding. Park mm. skateboarding is where it involves deep bows and transitions. Street skateboarding is more emulating street. So I believe in Kunchung you'd have a bit of both, but in a more sort of like a uh, configuration for training or for, uh, for beginners. Uh, I believe they'd still like to certify it for competition level. So that means that they should have obstacles that uh, are suitable for all levels from beginner all the way to elite. But I don't think they will have that many sort of like a deep bowl or difficult obstacles. Uh, It it scales to the skill level. So yeah, uh, safety measures, helmets, mandatory, elbow pads, knee pads, and most importantly, uh, the appropriate training. You know, any user should be trained on how to fall properly, uh, how to use the uh, safety equipment. And once a rider knows this. Uh, we mitigate that risk of serious injury, okay. just like uh, any other
0: sport. Well, okay, thank you very much, uh, Warren Stewart, uh, Head of Skateboarding, uh, the Skateboarding Subcommittee of the Hong Kong Federation of uh, Roller Sports. Uh, uh, thanks to our listeners. Um, thanks very much to you, Ada. Thank you, Jim. We've got the new summary uh, coming up, followed by brunch with Noreen.